You're listening to the Seaworthy Podcast, Episode 11, Creating Delightful Customer Experiences. Seaworthy is a podcast about building successful software. Today, we're talking about meeting your customer at the lowest point of friction and focusing on outcomes with Chris Ewell of Kipsu. excited to have one of my closest friends and partners in many previous ventures on the show with me today. Chris is currently Director of Customer Partnerships at Kipsu, a company helped build deep personal customer relationships for hotels, hospitals, and shopping centers alike. Welcome to Seaworthy, Chris. Thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, it's been uh, a busy couple of months, uh, you know, married, getting married, uh, going on a Going on our honeymoon, uh, going through the holidays, and now finishing out the year strong. So the last six or eight weeks have been a blur, but uh, it's good to get back in a rhythm here. Yeah, I bet. I mean, going from, you know, married right off the, the coast of San Francisco to La yeah. Casanera and then heading to, <laughs> yeah. to uh, Bali. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So full disclosure, Andrew, uh, Andrew is my best man and uh, knocked, right. his, knocked his speech out of the park. <laughs> Naturally, I'm I'm actually wearing uh, the hashtag socks that you got us. Nice, awesome. Kurt, I think my favorite line. I think my favorite line of your of your best man speech might have been when you you said um, it was something along the lines of, you know, for those of you that have ever grabbed drinks with Chris or have had a drink with Chris <laughs> or have been around him while you're while you're having drinks. <laughs> so that was that was perfect. That was well played. Yeah. Seemed to resonate pretty well, so. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So, can you give uh, listeners a brief background on who you are and what you do and what you're up to now? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, born and raised uh, in Green Bay. So, Andrew and I go back, uh, and we were just talking about this, like 12, 13 years old, middle school. Came friends. He used to be bullying me around, and somehow we're, we still made it as friends. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I grew up on small business, so my parents uh, had a had a custard shop, uh, and they had a, a couple of custard shops uh, for for a time there, and then um, also owned a, a bar and restaurant, and as we call them in the Midwest, a supper club. So uh, I think being raised within that that small business environment really um, gave me the exposure to want to be in the space of being a part of growing and, and building a business, and so. Today, I work for a company called Kipsu that is based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and what we do is we focus on um, strengthening the relationships between uh, primarily uh, those in the hospitality, uh, within healthcare, and uh, within shopping centers to build those relationships with their guests through real-time digital engagement. So um, primarily through SMS text messaging, but then we also have different channels as well so that it's an extension of that one-to-one customer service. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Like Chris said, we, you know, we go back a ways and have had a few ventures together. Some that uh, have sold, some that we've killed off and some that kind of uh, still live on in some form. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So it's yeah. exciting. So the first, the first one we um, was a t-shirt company and uh, we, we had this grand idea uh, and I'll, I'll take blame for it as, as probably, you know, the, the marketer of, of the two at the time. But we decided to put a bunch of, um, what was that, like 
printed collateral on random cars on the other side of town from where the party was being held. And this yeah. was like pre-Facebook pre and Twitter and there was no social media, uh, you know, 12 years ago or 10 years ago. So, so yeah, we decided to have this grand idea of go to the, the busiest mall on the other side of town and, and put these little, these little cutouts on windshields and hope that uh, there would be a big turnout. So as you can guess, there was not a big turnout for our launch. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, we, we learned along the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What, Learn by what doing. to do, what not to do. That's right. Uh, so what do you do outside of work, Chris? Yeah, I like to I like to stay active. So um, I'm, I'm big into endurance. Um, I've done a couple Ironman competitions, so that's fun. I'd like to do, I'd like to do one more, uh, but I, I'm learning in, in, in the early married life that uh, you have to uh, you certainly have to consider the the other half, uh, the partnership, and, and make sure that it, it fits both your schedules. But um, yeah, I'd like to do one more, maybe try to qualify for for the, the world championship, and you know have a little bout in uh, uh, in Hawaii. Um, oh yeah, anything anything outdoors, staying active. Um, you know, my wife and I like to go biking, go running, um, go for hikes. I mean, anything just to just to be outside and enjoy the weather. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're in. Sunny San Francisco. How's the weather this t this time of year? You're in Minnesota right now, but um, yep. How's the weather now? I know it starts to get a little colder, but not quite y Midwest cold. Yeah, yeah. Right now, as I'm sitting here in, in Minneapolis at at Kipsu uh, headquarters, I think it's all of six degrees. Um, but but uh, back in uh, San Francisco, um, we live uh, right in Menlo Park, so just outside of just outside the city, like forty miles uh, forty miles south or so. Um, it's you know probably mid 40s, uh, low 50s, um, so still still chilly, but uh, not not as quite as chilly. But you know nonetheless, nonetheless, it's always good to be home. It's always good to be even in the Midwest. It it feels more like home. People seem to be a little bit friendlier, a little bit more open to having conversation and, and just being you know just being a little bit more open to acknowledging one another here. It seems <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the Minnesota nice for sure. It's like a Midwestern nice, I think. For sure, yeah, yeah. Midwestern nice for sure. Minnesota nice is just the um, can be a lot of the, uh, you know, they won't necessarily say it to your face, but they'll say it behind your back. So you gotcha. gotta, be, gotta, be, gotta be mindful of that. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, you're also going to uh, you got accepted to the Stanford Ignite Entrepreneurship Program. Is that going on mm -hmm. right now? I, I know you've been mentioning some ideas to me. Um, you know, that's something that started recently. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and what you're working on for that? For sure, yeah. I'm, I, you know, uh, recently got accepted in, into the program at Stanford for their, their entrepreneurship, uh, their entrepreneurship uh, classes and um, really excited for the opportunity. It doesn't start until uh, mid-January, but uh, leading up to the class, you know, we have a bit of coursework, uh, readings, things like that to, to do leading up to the first day of class. But then we're also... Uh, working on venture ideas, and so we're uh, we all uh, we're encouraged to submit an idea or two of you know what could we potentially work on, and then our our, cl our classmates uh, within the cohort will vote on those. Uh, we'll develop a video and, and present it on the first day of class, and then for those that those ideas that make it, we'll you know we'll focus on those throughout the the ten week uh, the, throughout the ten week program. So uh, I actually came up with an idea for reusable boxes, uh, reusable shipping boxes. Um, and, and how we can make it a little bit more effective in, instead of, you know, uh, from the research we've done is it, it takes about 500 million trees to produce these boxes every year. And that, that demand's only going up because of 
sites like Instacart and Amazon Prime and every, everyone wanting it as soon as they order it, um, that, that consumption level is only increasing. So the demand for these corgate paper, that corgate paper is what it's technically called, but cardboard boxes, mm -hmm. is only going up with that. So, so how can we offset that by, um, by having a box that you could simply ship back and that can be reused by the retailer or whoever the carrier may be? Right. Yeah, that's interesting for sure. Um, so you, you are in the, I guess, preparation stage of getting the video ready and you're going to be pitching that. Did you guys already form teams around it or is it more like each person who has an idea creates it themselves and then pitches that idea? Yeah. Or do you already start forming teams? Yeah, so you, you start, everyone pitches their, their own ideas and then uh, they narrow down the ideas based on what's voted on the most or the most popular um, the most popular ideas. And then on the first day of class, once those um, once everyone presents that um, is still in the running that has been voted on to move forward, um, they'll narrow it down to like seven or eight ideas, and then you get to basically join the idea. And that you know, each idea and the the idea creator then has their own team that they'll right. that they'll form at that point. So so once class starts, then we'll we'll actually have those teams formed around the ideas that have made it through the process. Um, but as of right now, again, we're just vetting out the ideas and and you know asking a lot of questions, testing. You know, testing the thought behind it, and you know the, the the feasibility, and is it you know are these ideas actually likely? But um, I will say I you know haven't met most of, of the class or any of the classmates. Have a chance had a chance to talk with a couple of them, and there's there's some really exciting things that are going on that are um, you know dealing with different diseases and how do we how do we um, how do we get better about studying those or or uh, developing tests that identify characteristics of diseases so that we can analyze them and, and um, you know, catch it earlier than later. And, and so it's, it's going to be really exciting to, to be involved in that community and, and see what we come up with. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it sounds super interesting. Like they've got it pretty well structured. Obviously, Stanford is known for uh, their business acumen and, you know, bringing up entrepreneurs and, and kind of, you know, a mm -hmm. community of alumni around it. What type of stuff, you mentioned they're giving you like coursework and some stuff prior to, to the course. What type of stuff are you, are you reading? What kind of books? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, to be honest, I haven't even had a chance to, to dive into many of the readings uh, as of yet. I gotcha. actually just finished, you know, what, what I was, what I was finishing uh, actually was the, the book that you recommended, The Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Um, and that was that was fantastic. That was one of those where I just I couldn't put down, um, which was of course followed uh, followed by Girl on a Train, which was which is another page turner, <laughs> non non business related whatsoever. Um, but really, you know, the whole idea of the program is to um, start basically from take something an, an idea, if you will, and how do you test it and validate it, and how do you take it from this concept to commercializing it and scaling it. And so we'll go through the entire process. And, um, and what's exciting is that you know, we're going to break down each component of it. So how do you validate it? How do you build uh, a research group around it and actually get the feedback that you're looking for without being biased when you, mm -hmm. you know, send out those surveys or send out that, that, um, you know, those polls or whatever it may be? Um, and then also, too, when to take in funding, should you take in funding? You know the, the very Silicon Valley way of thinking is, um, hey, let's you know let's let's capture as much money as we can and have the highest valuation, and then you know let's go spend it on, on 
hiring a bunch of people and, and right. seeing what we can do. Whereas here in the Midwest, I think that, and especially one of the one of the things that I really like about Kipsu, what we do today, um, is we have the exact opposite approach. And you know, we'll we'll ask for what we need, but um, we really we want to keep as much of that ownership in house, um, so that again, we're we're always in full control of of our own destiny and, and where we want to take this company, mm-hmm. and so that we're not responding to necessarily a, a group of investors that you know, aren't on the day-to-day, that aren't on the front lines of building the company, but it's really, you know, following the lead of our our CEO, Chris Smith, which I I can't say enough good things about, and us really as a company having control of of where we go and where we take this. So, um, so that's going to be something that I'm excited to bring to the table is, is to kind of challenge that notion with a lot of my classmates, which I assume, again, uh, being uh, based there in in Silicon Valley is that hey you know as soon as we have an idea and we have a prototype let's get the money and then let's go sell and, and try to get those pilots whereas I'd like to test the theory and, and and challenge them to think a little bit differently and say you know let's let's build the prototype and let's go sell it and let's go get that traction firsthand and then let's build the the value and, and, and the validation and then let's go you know if we need it go after the money and figure out exactly how much do we need and where does it make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. You know, we, we work with a lot of clients out in San Francisco area and Austin and New York and all over, uh, you know, but mm-hmm. also we work with clients here. Uh, one of the, my pre- previous guests on Seaworthy was Drew Wilson, and he actually built, you know, his own business, uh, Plasso, to, you know, $20,000 a month recurring revenue, uh, just him. Right. He got to the point where he yeah. couldn't develop features fast enough. Um, he couldn't, you know, do support fast enough. And he finally went out to uh, San Francisco and moved there for six months and just raised. He just closed like one point two million um, Series awesome. A a few months ago and like now finally built a team. But, you know, he's giving up far less portion of his business. He's been able to to earn you know, more of that on his own by, by putting in more sweat, by being more stringent around what gets spent where and really treating it as his own money as it was. You know what I mean? When you have someone else's money, there's a little bit of bias towards that, you know, and there's encouragement to spend it before you need it so you can raise another mm-hmm. round, which is, <laughs> uh, yeah, which is pretty backwards. But uh, yeah, you got to find the right balance, I think. I think. For sure, and I think there's this notion too that you know once you receive funding, you've you've reached some some level of success, right? I mean, it's certainly a milestone. Don't get me wrong, uh, but it, it it's it doesn't guarantee success by any means. Uh, you still have to, you know, you still you still have to put in the work, right? You still have to execute, and you still have to show up day after day, and and you know make this make this vision come to life and make it a reality. So. You know, I think I think there's a, a a misconception for the average person that hey, as soon as I get funding, everything's blue skies and and, and everything's going to be you know all the problems are going to be taken care of, and that's that's not the case at all. Right. Yeah. More money, more problems. <laughs> Biggest said it best. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's uh, let's jump back into Kipsu. Uh, you kind of told us a little bit yeah. of background and what you guys do. Can you, uh, from where understanding, can you, sorry, from your understanding, can you tell us where the idea came from and um, where things started? Yeah, it actually came from uh, one of our founders at at the nearby ballpark here in, in Minneapolis, and you know, I think I think he just happened to be at a game and said, hey, why why in at that time, you know, 2010, 2011, why do I need to actually get up and and um, 
you know, go to the concession stand to, to get a hot dog or to get a beverage or whatever it is that I want. Why can't I just text someone and they can let me know once it's ready and I can go and pick it up so I don't have to wait and miss the game. And especially too, when you think about paying for, um, you know, to actually enter any sporting event, right? It, it can get pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I, I want to enjoy it. So uh, it really started off there. And how do we, how we, how do we, more effectively communicate and when, when we want to have that channel available to us. So that's where it started. You know, after, after taking a look at the scope of where this could be applied, this, this theory could be applied in a few years of testing, we, our very first customer partner, still a customer partner of ours today, uh, Mall of America. Uh, so if, if you go to the Mall of America, uh, check out one of their kiosks in the middle of the, uh, of those main aisles um, within the shopping center. And you'll actually see where they have like the, but they have the layout of the mall and you know the the ur here and they can show you where to get to all the different stores um you'll actually see right below that uh, if you have any questions feel free to text us in the, in the number so it's nice and you know one of the things too that uh, that was a i'm sure a difficult sell in the, in the, in the very early days even before before i got here you know two years ago was you know the, it's not necessarily new technology right texting has been around for for a while now of course but it's, it's a way in which people feel comfortable with communicating in and they can do it on their time and on their terms and they don't have to chase someone down. They don't have to make a, a special trip over to uh, the guest services department to you know, talk through their, their question or their inquiry. They can just use their phone, which they already have on them. They can use a program that's already installed on their device uh, and they know how to send and receive messages through that through that channel. So without having to take another step in downloading an app, learning the the, the layout of that platform, and and you know how they can actually just ask a simple question that should take seconds, they can do so in an environment that they're comfortable in and and know that you know with certainty that it's it's going to be received and, and it's going to get responded to. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so. Mall of America was the first one, and then uh, after shortly after that, um, our, one of our very first pilots within hospitality, and when I say hospitality, more so focused along the lines of uh, different styles of hotels being, uh, you know, whether it's the select service realm and select service uh, courtyards, um, residents in Hampton Inns, Staybridge Suites, Candlewoods, your full service properties like, um, you know, the, the big box brands like the Hiltons, the um, Marriott's, you'll typically see like a a pool and a uh, a restaurant on site there, and they'll probably they'll probably have um, they'll probably have room service uh, things of that nature, mm -hmm. and then some of the higher end the luxury boutique properties that um, before starting here I didn't know existed, <laughs> but I mean some of those some of the upscale brands like you know Ritz Carlton and um, uh, gosh Kimpton and um, the Peninsula, so uh, you know it's just a really good way that uh, especially communicate to a guest, right, or the, for the guest to communicate to the team in a channel, in, in an environment that they feel comfortable in. And so a lot of my time is focused on um, working with the customer partnership team and how we can tell that story at the, at the different levels and, and really understanding their needs, uh, their pain points, and how, hey, by connecting with the guest, offering an extension of your one-to-one -one service through this real-time interaction um, channel, like how do we how do we make it uh, a more exciting and uh, a more exceptional experience overall? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting to hear. I mean, obviously, Mall of America is a you know huge company, but like you said, it's not 
you know, we, we drill this a lot too when we talk to our customers. It's not about the technology. It's not about like the features. Like everyone wants an app, but do you need one? You don't. You know what I mean? Like here you're meeting people at the lowest point of friction, which is something they already have on their device. They've already done at any age, right? My dad's texting. He's 60 years old. Um, or right. anyone knows how to text. You know what I mean? If you have a smartphone, right. you can text. And so, you know, serving customers where they are, I think that, you know, that's a, a big sweet spot for a lot of people and they have trouble balancing it. Um, so that's that's good to hear that, that um, yeah, I mean, you guys are there and obviously there's a, there's a back-end panel for that that, you know, other people use. But, um, you know, as far as the end consumer, you know, they just interface via text, which is super familiar. Yeah, and what's nice too is that, um, regardless if you're staying at one of those select service properties, right, like a courtyard or, um, you know, a Hampton Inn or Staybridge, or you're staying at the Ritz or um, you're staying at a Kimpton property, uh, it's really nice to feel like someone's paying attention and feeling like a VIP and feeling like you're, you know, you're, you're it just, it's, it's just nice to get that acknowledgement um, that they care that you're having a really good stay, that you're having a really good experience. And so, uh, you know, often we, we first thought, you know, this is great just in the, just in the luxury space or the full service space. You mm -hmm. know, if I, if I want to connect with someone from the concierge to make dinner recommendations or if I want somebody brought up to my room, um, you know, uh, or, you know, I want to order room service from the comfort of my room or I'm on my way from a meeting that ran late and I want to have it waiting for me and I'll just order it now via text because uh, I know what I want. Uh, but in, in the select service realm where you don't have those added amenities or those, those offerings, what's really nice is that we're finding that uh, the customer partners that we're teaming up with are pleasantly surprising their guests by offering that attention to detail. Mm -hmm. And even if it's something in which they say, oh, thank you, didn't know that you know, this was something available. And just to know that they have, something, they have someone on their side. Um, and select service in general sees a lot of business travel. Uh, or a lot of business travelers. So it's one less thing that that business traveler has to worry about when they have an impromptu work trip. Uh, they know where they're, they know that, hey, if they've stayed with this property before, uh, they can leverage our, our, our technology. They can you know, simply send in a text message. They have that relationship with the team there at that hotel. And it's just one less thing that they have to even consider. They, they know that they're gonna get a great rate. They know they're gonna be really well taken care of. And they know they have that, that relationship with the team there. So it, it feels like home away from home. So as much as those hotels want someone to come back and, and be a repeat guest, those business travelers also want a go-to property so they don't have to worry about you know, where they're staying and if, they're, you know, if it's gonna be uh, a good experience. They, they have that guaranteed assurance. And again, it, it's something that they, they don't even think twice about. Right. Yeah, yeah, those are... Uh... Good points. I mean, it, yeah, it definitely makes sense. I, you know, find myself in that same scenario a lot of times where, you know, I'm familiar with Kipsu and what you guys do and um, have been able to, to use it a few times, um, you know, while I've been traveling. And it's always been, a, you know, a good plus where, you know, you have software, but then you want to know that there's people behind it. At the end of the day, you know, we build software and to serve people, not technology. That's right. So yeah, connecting those that's two right. is, is awesome. Yeah. And I Seaworthy is brought to you by Headway, a product-focused team for hire. Headway helps companies validate ideas, build out products, and grow through experimentation and technical execution. 
If you have an idea that you're looking to gain traction on, or a current product you're building that needs expertise with product design or development, check us out at headway.io and let's make waves. I think too, you know, one of the, the underlying notions here, uh, just with everything that, that we do and we build uh, within, within, our, within our solution, you know, how do we make people better at their jobs, right? We don't want to take, uh, we don't want to take people's jobs away. We want to make them better. We want to empower them to, to want to provide really good, a really good level of service, you know, specifically here in hospitality. Um, so, you know, that right there is, is just, so everything that we do, everything that we implement is, is all focused around strengthening that relationship between the staff and the guest. And so it's not, we're very much aligned with, brand satisfaction scores and how we can improve TripAdvisor and Yelp and, um, you know, their, their online reviews. Um, so it, there's not that, that confrontation or there's not that, that barrier of, oh, this technology is going to take my job or it's going to replace me in two years. It's, no, it's going to help me. It's going to help us get better. And we're going to see the improvement within those scores that, um, you know, are going to help encourage other people that maybe want to have given your property an opportunity to now consider it and, and actually make that reservation. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we get that too sometimes when we talk to people about using reviews and introduce new technology that they're worried that it's going to replace them. But what it's going to allow them to do is focus on higher value things, right? You know, you can focus on more customers, but then also you don't have customers coming up to you. So you can dispatch people out. I, you know, one thing that I noticed, I think it was last year, was it Mel Gibson? Uh, one of the uh, examples where someone was using Kipsu. Um, you know, oh, had a property. Uh, yeah, Nick, Nick, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas yeah. Cage. That's what it was. <laughs> one, one in the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I mean, that I thought that was you know pretty cool and, and something that they use your platform for. Yeah, that that was really fun. That was an exciting day at the office for sure. I mean, every every day is exciting. But that one that one was exceptional to say the least. When you know you you show up to you show up to work and, and you're notified that. Um, like BuzzFeed and, and Reddit and um, I think it was, you know, Yahoo, like mentioned a story that included, included Kipsy. That's, that's always a fun day. So uh, what happened was um, uh, a, a guest who was traveling saw a number of flight delays en route to uh, the property they were staying at. It, it was actually the Hotel Indigo in San Antonio on the Riverwalk. Um, so they experienced a number of flight delays uh, by the time they arrived to the hotel to check in they just like wanted to get to their room and just like you know forget about the day so um so sure enough the the guest checks in um uh, ramon actually i you know i had a chance to connect to them afterwards that was that was fun but so ramon is checking checking in the guest uh, he's going through the prop you know the standard procedure um and then he's introducing kipsu the guest opts in they send the guest a welcome message um that's directly to their 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 mobile phone from uh, from our platform, um, and decided to have some fun with it because they're you know they're feeling a little cheekies uh, just because the the day that was and so they actually requested uh, a framed picture of Nicolas Cage from Con Air on their bed by 6 p.m. <laughs> so a pretty a pretty unusual request, but uh, you know after a tough day, nothing like seeing the cage in a framed picture to to <laughs> brighten your spirits. Uh, so sure enough, um, you know, by 6 p.m., uh, they, they had saw that the guest went out to, to grab a bite. They printed off the picture, framed it, put it on their bed, and they even left a little post-it note on that picture that said, Sweet Dreams, Nick. Uh, and so when the guest arrived back, there was, uh, you know, Nick Cage in his glory uh, with his, his locks flown in the wind. 
uh, waiting for their uh, waiting for the guest on their bed uh, with the post-it note and just like absolutely made their day. So they forgot about you know all the hiccups and all the all the um, you know all the setbacks from from earlier from their travels, uh, and it's one in which uh, you know they uploaded that uh, that picture onto their individual blog, uh, and you know within. 72 hours get picked up by, by some of the major news sites out there. So it just goes to show, right, um, you know, we, it's not as if we have a plethora of requests for B and C list actors and actresses to show up in rooms, but it, it goes to show like when, we, when we're able to, to, to have a pulse read on the guest, right, and, and offer that environment in which the guest feels comfortable and welcome to share with us what's on their mind, we can take it from a good stay to a memorable stay or a great stay that is, you know, unparalleled to any other experience they've had before. And oftentimes it's those little, those little opportunities that, that are missed because the average guest tends to have that self-governor in which, hey, it would be nice to have an extra pillow or, uh, in, you know, an extra towel, um, but, you know, I don't want to bring it, you know, I don't want to bother anyone or I don't want to bring it to their attention. Mm -hmm. And it seems silly, right, when we have a phone in every room and we have someone at the front desk around the clock, you know, even the night audit at you know, two, three in the morning, you could still ask for those and that's what they're there for. Uh, but we oftentimes don't always let our voice be heard for, for whatever reason. And so it's little opportunities like that, which we can, we can go to the next level and we can take it up a notch and, and we can, again, provide that, that memorable experience that, hey, regardless of, of what you need, we want to make sure that you have a really comfortable stay and that you remember, hey, anytime you're back here in the city, you stay with us because now you know the team, mm -hmm. you know that uh, you know the level of service that we provide, uh, and it, and it's again, it, it's one of those home away from home type of feelings. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, just adding, you know, a little delight and uh, you know some variability to someone's day that they probably had no expectation that that was going to be there, like you said, and just came back. And I think there was a you know a few times where it went back and forth, and the staff there like provided you know multiple photos. We'll have to uh, link that for link sure. that in the show notes. But um, yeah. yeah, definitely memorable for the guests, and you know, good good publicity for you know your customer who's the hotel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that was that was a ton of fun, and um, yeah, again, it's just it's just being able to to provide. Just to acknowledge the guest, I think is really important, and just to keep that that human component to it um, is is something that we really really strive to to strengthen and, and to improve with you know every enhancement that we make. We never want the guest to feel like it's a it's an automated prompt or it's a robot that they're interacting with, but it's actually someone there on site that can help you um, that they're that they're communicating with. So it, even though they're not face to face, it still very much has this high touch. Um, highly interactive uh, experience to to the the one-to-one -one communication. Yeah. Um, so stepping back a little bit, um, just to like the early days of Kipsu, you know, you you guys yeah. had a client, uh, Mall of America. Um, I don't know if that's where it started, but was there any specific mm -hmm. like validation process or key indicators that you guys had that said, hey, we should keep pursuing this from, you know, going from like a stadium on-demand type um waiting, you know, situation to something that is more like Mall of America on support. Was there anything that uh, kind of led you or the team, I guess, at that point to continue pursuing this? Like, were they able to sell it, yeah. to sell it early before they uh, built it out or get buy-in from, from Mall of America or, or another company? Yeah, you know, I, I can, um, I can talk about the hospitality side of it and working with, uh, you know, a big box retailer and one of their, their luxury lines um, that we now have a, a, a national partnership with today. 
Um, and, and, and to give you an idea, so when I first started with the company two years ago, I, I think we were at like, gosh, I want to say maybe just over 100, like 80, 80 to 100 different properties that we, we were active mm -hmm. within um, across, you know, select service, full service, luxury, all, you know, when you, when you considered everything. And today uh, we just had our, uh, our team, team meeting yes, uh, yesterday, every Monday, uh, we just, we just launched our uh, number 577. Um, so we're pushing 600 different hotels globally. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that we work with, which is which is insane. Um, it, it's uh, it, the last two years have been by far the fastest the fastest two years uh, that have that have gone by for me personally. But it, it's been such a fun ride. Um, I, I will say though, in in the early days when we started with that first customer partner, uh, we basically said, you know, the net the net result, right? We had to speak the language that resonated and mattered most to uh, to that specific uh, that specific prospect or, or that specific um, yeah, um, potential customer and say hey you know we truly believe that by implementing this as an extension of the one-to-one -one service or the face-to-face -face service that you're leveraging today or that you're striving to provide today it's going to result in improved TripAdvisor and brand satisfaction scores. So when you take a look at the brands, uh, the big box brands, especially um, whether it's Marriott or Hilton or IHG, mm -hmm. um, they, they all have brand satisfaction scores in which they're calculated on different metrics uh, based on the level of satisfaction for the guest. And there's everything. I mean, um, you know, IHG heartbeat scores uh, are a 10-point scale. Uh, eight, eight, nines, and tens are are factored in, and hey, that's that's great. Uh, whether it's a, a one, seven, three, that doesn't count. Um, so only those eight, nines, and tens will actually be factored in and weighted into their their overall average. So um, things like you know, were you recognized for being a loyalty member? Did you receive a follow up upon checking in? Um, you know, sleep quality. Uh, there's a number of properties and, and brands that are even you know making sure that. The, the brand standard of the bed is, you know, uh, so it has only been used for so many months mm -hmm. or, or, you know, less than a year or something like that, changing the pillows every, so, every few months. Um, so, you know, with the heightened awareness of online industry sites like TripAdvisor and, and Yelp, it's actually making us, uh, making us here in hospitality uh, that every point of contact that the guest has with their experience with that hotel is, is top notch and exceptional. Um, so what resonates most with, with hotels is, it, are those online reviews and that brand satisfaction score. So we were basically positioning it as, you know, if by offering this extension, yes, you know, to you, you may only think that it's text messaging, but to us, what we see is this big opportunity that it's going to make the guests feel, uh, it's going to feel more personalized and more unique to that guest specifically, uh, than just checking in, you know, not being able to have that touch point with the guest, checking out and finding about something that happened after the fact mm -hmm. that they didn't bring it to our attention, um, in which it causes us to receive a four instead of a five or, or even, you know, even worse. Um, so, so that was basically what we positioned. We, we said that, you know, we can improve and, and we want to, you know, work towards uh, making this so that it impacts your, uh, your brand satisfaction scores and your online reviews. And sure enough, within that, within that pilot period, we were able to see that happen. So, um, you know, it was, it was those small victories along the way, and you know, one property started in two. And uh, one of the things within, um, you know, like many industries, hoteliers are very well connected, uh, and they, you know, they you don't just start, um, yeah, start within the hospitality industry by being a, a general manager. Obviously, you, you work your way up the ranks, like 
you know, like anywhere else. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, the, a lot of, a lot of the, the hoteliers in the industry today have a lot of connections with, with other properties and, you know, they may have been a, a front desk manager at the property down the street. Now they're assistant manager at the property you're talking with today. So with the, with that, with those connections and with those ties, you know, we were able to take that one property, uh, pilot and, and see, you know, two, three, four, and then work out to a greater strategy within that given market. Um, and then how do we tell, you know, at, at what point of getting so many properties within the brand, how do we leverage that to tell a greater brand story and be able to, you know, get more of a, a formalized partnership within the, within the greater brand. So, um, so yeah, you know, it, it's fortunately we, we were onto something and, and a lot of times too, for hoteliers, their, um, their, uh, compensation is based off of those online reviews and those brand satisfaction scores. So when you're, when you're talking true dollars and cents, when it affects, when it affects paychecks, mm -hmm. it, it, uh, it really seems to really, really seems to resonate. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, so that sounds good. So there, there was kind of a, a process you guys had a, you know, some hypotheses or assumptions that this would help, you know, increase, uh, these scores for you by making sure that we don't miss things that we could have easily captured, you know, through, you know, a low friction means like this. Uh, and then you were able to prove mm -hmm. that out. And then, uh, you know, I assume build a case study around that and, you know, start going after more in the industry. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, it, and what we found too along the way is um, some of the efficiencies as well that we didn't initially consider. So say for instance, yeah, I mean, the net result is an improved brand satisfaction score uh, as well as uh, improved online reviews. But what we also found too is that instead of making that trip uh, and dedicating time to going to the front desk or picking up that phone in your room, which oftentimes weren't happening anyways, uh, by texting in, not only uh, were we reaching more guests and we as the, the hotel staff, were we reaching more guests, uh, but that, that call volume and that foot traffic go, goes down simultaneously. So you see that indirect shift of, hey, less, you know, less visits to the front desk and um, less phone calls for those for those questions that can be answered within seconds. And now we're we're enabling the, the front desk teams, especially as the primary responders uh, to handle and facilitate those conversations. And, you know, through a number of features and capabilities, they can actually respond to those questions within seconds versus putting someone on hold or making someone wait in line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. Um, yeah, so it's great to kind of yeah. learn more about how you guys started and, and what that process was as far as hospitality. Um, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned kind of while helping build and grow Kipsy? You've only been a part of it for like the last two years. I think coming up maybe two years, like almost dead on. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah the, the 8th. Um, yeah, December 8th. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a, bit, a bit more gray than I was two years ago, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, so some of the lessons, um, you know, there's, there's no sacrificing just, just hard work, right. And just, just putting in the time, uh, putting in the, putting in the energy. It, it's something that's, uh, you know, it's day in and day out. Um, so, uh, in the, in the, in the earlier days, you know, it was, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm still as, just as excited now as I, as I was back then, uh, when I, when I first started with the company. Uh, regardless of, of what the task is that we're working on, because it all plays into the bigger picture of, of moving the needle for, for what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. And so I, you know, it, it, it's, it's getting to a point, and a lot like where you're talking about Drew, 
um, and, and how he built his company and then and went off to raise, uh, you know, raise some money is, you know, get it to a point where you, you almost like outgrow your position, right? Mm-hmm. Or that you can't, you can't do it anymore. And now because you're only one person or you're only a couple people, you know, you need additional support and resources to help take care, take care, take care of your clientele because just as important as it is to bring in new, uh, you know, new clients and new customer partners and new business, you got to make sure that you, that your churn is as minimal, as low as possible. So uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things where um, I think one of the biggest challenges for me is, you know, I like to have my hands on everything. And so in the, in two years ago, we, we literally did everything. I mean, I remember splitting my time between um, doing on-site trainings to, uh, you know, running support tickets through Zendesk and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, making sure that, that our, our, our customer partners were taken care of, plus, you know, jumping on demos and, and doing, uh, doing the selling and, and making sure the contracts were going through and that we can, you know, stay active on those negotiation discussions. Um, but, but as you grow, right, you have, to, you have to hone in and you have to specialize in that area um, and you, you know, I, I chose the route of, of business development and sales just because, you know, just, you know, it's something that I, I really like. I think it's, it's, you know, my niche and um, it's really allowed me to. And, and so, you know, I don't focus nearly or, or any of my time really on, on the support or, um, you know, the onsite trainings uh, anymore. But, you know, by being able to have that focus on, on sales, uh, not only can I uh, work on better, uh, better tuning, fine tuning our story that we're telling, and and how we go about, um, you know, hearing those those pain points from uh, those prospects and how we can alleviate those. But now I've been able to uh, take a team that started with the CEO and I as doing a lot of the the, the outbound lead gen efforts and and the demoing to now a team of of six going on seven. Uh, and being able to to pass that down and, and and help be a you know more of a mentor than than anything mm-hmm. to uh, the rest of you know the rest of the team the the you know the new hires and um, the market development reps and the other sales reps and and you know helping see that see us get to the next level. So although you know I don't have a lot of touch points on as many different uh, of the inner workings, uh, it's 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 important to note that that's good. You know mm-hmm. that's that's a good thing. It means you're growing and you get to focus more time on. Um, you know, just just uh, crafting your uh, just just crafting your specialty and, and really getting to to build your team, which I think has has been one of my favorite parts of this whole experience. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for that rundown. Um, <laughs> no problem. So, where do you see uh, tech hospitality in the next? five, 10 years. I mean, there's, there's artificial intelligence, there's machine learning, there's obviously the human yeah. component to it. Where do you, where do you guys see it going at Kipsu? Yeah. You know, this is a great question. This is something that we constantly think about is what does the, the stay of the future look like? Um, and I, I think it's a couple things. And, you know, when we talk about what our grand vision is, it's not to necessarily just beat out our direct competitors. It's, it's to ensure that at at the heart of great service, that there's a human component that's always involved to that, um, that, that there's an authentic one-to-one interaction between two people, um, between you know, whoever the business and their company may be and, and the guests and the patients and whom the customers that they're serving. So, you know, you bring up a good, great point with AI and, and, and back where I'm living now, that, that's all the rage. And you see millions and millions of dollars being dumped into uh, AI research and testing and piloting. And, you know, we just, we feel at this time that, that AI can't, isn't intelligent enough yet to, to be able to 
take into consideration, you know, words or phrases out of context or empathy to be to be able to empathize with the with the guest or the customer, which is a huge component to customer service, right? Um, is to you know, if a customer is having an issue, you know, to be able to say, oh, you know, I'm so sorry to hear about that. Here's you know, here's how we can here's how we can overcome that, or here's how we can get get around that, and being able to to listen and talk through that. Um, so so yeah, you know, we we look at it as a, as a bigger you know, as a bigger goal, as a bigger mindset of how do we always have that that one to one interaction versus you know how do we just instead of just focusing on you know other other players in the space uh, because you know they're um, you know a, a common thing too with with some of the other platforms out there is to offer um, you know an automated response based on a keyword or phrase. So say for instance a guest texts in uh, your Wi Fi passcode offends mm-hmm. me. And all of a sudden, that that program or that platform picks up on Wi-Fi passcode, and it resends the Wi-Fi passcode. And so now, instead of showing that empathy and, and addressing the, the situation appropriately, you've now just reoffended the guest, and you've turned uh, you know you you turned in, into an experience that they're not going to forget in a negative manner, and, and something that they'll they'll likely share online. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you know, we we really are, are sticking sticking strong to the the human component and the human aspect of. Uh, building those relationships and having those intact for you know, exceptional guest service uh, in the long run. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know, you know, there's some new tech out there, but, uh, you know, I think it's unproven. So <laughs> stick stick for with sure. what works yeah. and, and what resonates. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So c- kind of as we wind down, uh, where can people follow you and, and learn more about what you do? Yeah, you know, uh, kipsu.com, K-I-P-S-U.com. Um, you can check it out. Um, you know, uh, we have Twitter, uh, we're on Instagram, um, for, for me personally, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ULNT. And you know, it's funny when, you know, <laughs> I often get asked, what does that even mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where that was going to be honest with you, but at E-U-L-E-N-T, uh, uh, for, you know, for the social channels. Um, but yeah, you know, one of the things I, I I'm going to do for sure is, uh, start blogging about the experience within the, within the Stanford entrepreneurship program and, and, uh, you know, give root, uh, regular updates on what's going on. So if you want to follow along and, and see how, what ideas there are and, and how those are progressing, uh, we'll make sure as a, as a follow-up that we have the appropriate links and, and People can stay tuned to that. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Chris. Appreciate the the time and the insight, and uh, glad to hear everything's going yeah. well. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Happy holidays. Yeah, likewise. Take care. <laughs> thanks for listening to Seaworthy. Connect with us and ask questions on Twitter at SeaworthyFM. Make sure you subscribe, and if you enjoyed it, leave a review on iTunes. Sail forth and make waves.